choose a song from each decade of their life and they go oh yeah okay and then a few days later you'll get an email saying hey I can just choose an album can't I and it's like no. and then I'll get is it really only one song Welcome to a new episode of Set Lessing Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. But today, this is a special day. This is a music talks day because my good friend, my bro- podcast brother, my brother in all things music, Terry Smith, is on the show. Terry, welcome. Thank you, Jesse. As always, it's an absolute delight to be here and talking to you. So, uh, we're we're here celebrating something a little special today, aren't we? Uh, well, we are. Well, certainly special for me. So, um, with the help of Jesse, I started podcasting, did some pilot episodes. We were talking earlier, probably as long ago as two years ago. But on June 25th last year, uh, I launched my own podcast. I flew solo. It's called Music Talks. And I quote this to everyone that... Um, Prior to doing that, I went on the um, pompously named um, the pompously named Guardian Masterclass on podcasting. But the guy who ran that had an interesting stat that said ninety three percent of podcasts don't get past episode seven. So uh, to get to twenty five, to get to a year, uh, I have a long way to go to catch up, Jesse. Um, but yeah, it feels really, really good, I have to say. And um, it's um, it's nice to have a bit of an audience who also seem vaguely pleased that I've got there as well. So that's nice. That is very great. And I'm so proud of you. Um, I, I am a listener of the podcast. And I and it um, for those of you who may not have heard Music Talks, uh, give us a kind of give us your elevator pitch on what the podcast is uh, the very simple elevator pitch is choose a song from each decade of your life um what the podcast has become and you were the first person to sort of start adding this in when we did that part of episode is it's become a vehicle for um people basically to tell this sort of life story or a very personal story um there is still a fair amount of music and music nerdery in there, but genuinely it's surprise pleased and on many occasions touched me uh, some of the stories that uh, people have, have shared. And I guess the other joy for me is that there's, you know, I've had guests on that I've known for 20 or 25 years and I'm talking to them, I'm going, really? It's like, I've known, I've known you for all that time and I never knew that happened to you. <laughs> so um, that's it. But the basic premise is, choose a song from each decade of your life tell us why and it is so simple yet so diverse um it is i I have talked to a few people and i i have been a a a talent scout if be i i will (laughs) if i hear someone i'll go you know you really should reach out to my friend terry smith i think you would enjoy being on his podcast you know when i give him the premise like okay and what are the rules that's the rules dealer's choice it you pick 
if you've been live if you're in your fifth decade you pick five songs and what songs you pick from is your choice and that simplicity has led to some really amazing episodes well i'll I'll tell you one one of the other things i enjoy is that you will say to people choose a song from each decade of life and they go oh yeah okay and then a few days later you'll get an email saying hey I can just choose an album, can't I? And it's like, no. <laughs> and then I'll get, is it really only one song? And I, I will pull them into a folder at some point, but I've had obviously 25 guests. I reckon I've got emails from at least 15 of them at some point going, this is really hard. <laughs> <laughs> but people seem to enjoy the process. And it reminds, uh, you know, I've had a lot of people saying, it's it's taken them back it's reminded them things it's reminded them of music they haven't listened to for a long time so um yeah it's a lot of fun that is so great um i i I think back to um you know pin gillette in his podcast someone will say oh you should do this you know would give a story about like a documentary or do a episode when he was doing um the bs show you know about and he'd go yeah you should there's nothing you know just and so i kind of think the same thing you know an album a decade that is a great premise there you go you should yep. start that podcast yep. right I'll, uh, I'll look forward to hearing it yes right. i would um you kind of kind of mentioned this but it, is there one or two things that have stood out that has surprised you about doing the show um the the first surprise is that and again you were the person who asked the question right in the early days of what rules should there be and there really aren't any rules um other than pick a song from each decade i never realized how creative people were going to be to bend the rules so you know i had uh, as we talked before actually on the pilot episode you bent the rules by choosing the wrecking ball version of land of hope and dreams and claiming that as a 2010 song even though it came out in 2002 um i had a guest stephen rantledge who redefined what a decade was so he had his decade starting at one and finishing at zero because <laughs> yes. because that allowed him to get a uh, song in i had a recent guest nigel kirkham who managed to persuade me in fairness i was complicit in this he desperately wanted to choose led zeppelin for the for the noughties mm-hmm. and i'm like uh, it's a 70s band nigel and then i came up with the fact that led zeppelin did a reunion concert uh in 2007 at the o2 um, now the album wasn't released until 2012 but the concert was in 2007 so I allowed him to choose Led Zeppelin for um, 2010 which to my great pleasure actually got people pinging me to go you shouldn't do that <laughs> uh, yes I love um, so it's, it's nice that there's people out there who now feel ownership for my format and I mean that affectionately um, oh I, I agree with you I think that is great the other thing I, I, I can't remember who but someone didn't they pick the their their decades like it wouldn't matter much to me i was born in 59 so the first decade is 59 to 69 and then 69 to 79 didn't someone do pick their uh, no, uh, i don't think so uh steve okay. steve steven definitely messed around okay. um rosie rosie 
just said, uh, I was too young, I'm not choosing anything. But she was the first one to choose something from 2020. So yeah, it's. It, it, I guess it's one of life's great lessons that you think, I've come up with something that's mm -hmm. really simple and straightforward here. And the creativity of people to to move that around is great. So uh, I think that's that's been that's been one surprise. And then, as I said before, just the stories that have come up and the incredible stories that have come up, um, you know. And I think I'm I'm proud of the fact that we've had a real mix of people and backgrounds and ages. And do you know what? Everybody's got a great story. I totally agree with that. I mean, that is, um, I often say to people online when I'm trying to get guests, like, oh, I don't have anything to share. And I go like, everyone, everyone has a Springsteen story. Everyone that's passionate of band has something worth sharing because it's personal and it's there. Um, do you, any regrets after this first year uh yes absolutely which is i have a, a great guy who helps me now with the audio and the editing um and doesn't charge me a fortune for which i'm eternally grateful and i really wish i'd done that on the early episodes i've got i'm gonna have to force myself to go back and listen to the first five or six because um, you know I'm a hi-fi audio nerd and I think Earth. I'll be going Ugh. so yeah I wish I wish I'd well I wish I'd done that but that said the great thing about doing it myself is I did teach myself how to use audacity in editing so and the the learning curve for me was the more I learned the longer it took me to edit yes because I was able to do more uh, and at one point I was disappearing down a rabbit hole and that's when it was like, no, hold on, I need to do something different here. Um, so I would do that. I guess the second thing for anyone out there listening is um, I wouldn't wait so long. You know, mm -hmm. you and I were talking earlier today that from the first pilot episode to me going solo was almost a year. And if I'm honest, I was probably, I was finding excuses for about the last four months of that. And, you know, it is one of those things that you can practice and practice, you can do stuff. But if anybody, if anybody's sat there thinking, I'd love to podcast, but just go and do it. It's, um, it's incredibly fulfilling. And I always, I do go back to that course I referenced, and you've heard me yes. say this before, Jesse, that one of the other great bits of advice the guy who ran it, Mark LaRue said was, if you have a format that you would do if no one was listening you're probably onto something and the, rea the reality is for me and I know it's exactly the same for you I come off those conversations and it's like do you know what I've just had an hour and a half's brilliant conversation with music with a lovely interesting person isn't that fantastic now the it, great it thing is. is that some a number of people actually want to then listen to that but it is, and there I cannot tell you how many times when I um, I, I want to tweet after I finish recording. Oh, I did this one, and you guys are just going to love this. Um, I have a fear, and, and so I want to ask you about that. I have a fear I'm going to run out of guests, so I tend to record. Like currently, if you, I have an Excel file that shows all the people that have scheduled so i have um 
I currently have a nine people that have actually said to me, yes, I want to be on the podcast, and we've actually scheduled a time. Right. So if I release an episode every two weeks, I have podcasts up to like July 15th, and we're recording this on June 13th. I have a month in advance. Um, because I'm worried I'm going to run into people and I won't be able to talk. Talk to me. How do you find your guests and do you have that fear? Well, I'll take it in reverse order. So um, uh, I didn't until about three weeks ago when suddenly there was this moment where I thought, my God. Um, and of course, what I then did was the time on a ping a few people. And I've, I've now got, and I don't want this to sound arrogant, I've now got the problem of managing expectations because the great news is I've got a very long list. Um, oh, that's but, good. but I did have that. Oh, you know, I've sort of, I don't mean it to be wish to be rude to anyone, but I've done the obvious people, I've done close friends. And um, so my bigger issue at the moment, and I did get myself into a good position on this and then I've slipped from it, is that I do not have um, a backlog of episodes in the camp. And, you know, with everything that's happening at the moment and health and that, you suddenly think if I was if I was to fall ill for a few weeks, then, you know, there'd be a gap. And it might sound a small thing, but one of the things I'm really pleased about is, you know, I haven't missed an episode. Uh, I did move at the start of the year. I used to publish on a Tuesday. I spent ages trying to work out what the best day would be. I went with Tuesday and it turned out it was the worst possible day for me for a whole series of reasons. So I moved it from Tuesday to Thursday, but, you know, I haven't, there hasn't been, so I try and have a very regular, every two weeks this comes out, uh, I haven't missed a single one and that's something I want to continue. So I, I need to get into, for a period of time, recording an episode a week and releasing an episode every two weeks and build up a bit of a backlog. Yeah, so what what I find, and, and, and I know this has got to be frustrating for my um, guest, is um, like I'm going to talk to um, Graham Lee's next Saturday. Right. And, um, and, or I've already recorded Graham, and um, like, at the end of May and his podcast didn't come out. So sometimes there's a three or four week delay in when we talk to when it's published. And I just explain that because I want that backlog. Um, I want that ability that if I do want to do just one episode a week, I have that. And that's what I do. I, I shoot for one episode a week, but if I get, I get lucky and I get enough people that want to talk to me. If I get a backlog, I'm like, okay, I release them two a week. And, uh, and then that does give me the chance that if a lot's going on at home, I can skip a week of recording. Skip. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, I mean, it's interesting because of course there's, there's then the fine balance of, I mean, if you look at the episode we've just recorded, because at the moment I'm on a short time scale to release, then yeah. we can talk about current events. Yes, absolutely. You know, so there is that sort of balance, but um, mm -hmm. uh, I, will, I will work my way through it. I, su I suspect I will probably use that argument to justify why I'm always doing things at the last minute. <laughs> well, and I think that's a perfectly great argument. That is very nice. Um, I, I kind of, we kind of talked about this, and but is there um, is the, in a year, has there been anyone you wanted to get that you haven't gotten yet? Because you were, luckily, you've reached out some pretty 
um, pretty good people on the podcast. They're pretty well known. Yeah, there's um, Bruce didn't reply. Um, no, I, no, I, know. I, I actually what I should have done was ask Patty because here's a little interesting yes. and interesting whether you've got to be in this. Um, if you look at my guests to start mm-hmm. off with, uh, they were certainly on the diversity, um, you know, rating. I wasn't doing very well. And the good news is that some female friends told me that. Um, most of my top episodes are my female guests. Oh, that's, that's nice. Um, now, I have a theory that just says that's because they have better friends and they share better. Um, yes. But um, that was it. So have I got the, – the, there is there is one lady, and I might just – when you publish this, I will send it to us, a lady called Pam Maynard, mm-hmm. um, who I worked with for a number of years. She's now the chief exec of a company called Abenard, who were a partner mm-hmm. I managed, um, and she is just stupidly busy. But I, I would yeah. love to get um, I would love to get Pam on the show. But I think at the moment is it that's the only person that either hasn't agreed. I think no mm-hmm. doubt we'll finish recording and I'll go. Oh, what about no, um, no? That's good. I, I someone did ask um, to me. It's like, how would you feel if you could have Bruce on the show? And I said, you know, I thought about that recently. One, I, I would, I would stick to the format. So I would, I would talk to Bruce not about his music, but like, what did, he, what kind of you grow up, and what artists do you are a fan of, and who haven't you seen live that you wish you could have, and yep. and what songs have you heard them perform, and then the question comes: Would you ask Bruce the Mary question? And then you would have a definite answer, right? If Bruce gave the Mary answer, you would, okay, there, we don't need to ask the Mary question anymore. You'd have to throw in waves and sways at the same time, though. (laughs) And what I said is I would go, I would tell the story, and I've said this multiple times on the podcast, that Dr. Asimov, Isaac Asimov, one of my favorite science fiction writers, was in a lecture, and he was talking about what a story meant, and the reader raised his hand and said, I don't think that's what the story's about. And Asimov says, well, I wrote it. I should be able to know what it's about. And the, the reader came back and said, just because you write it, what do you makes you think you know what it's about? And Isaac thought and said, I think you're right. Absolutely. And and so I would think, so Bruce, just because you say Mary does or doesn't get in the car, does not necessarily make it the fact. Yeah, uh, I, yeah absolutely. And I, th- I, I mean, if I go back to one of the earlier episodes, um, and of course I love all my guests, but Larry is a dear, dear friend. Um, and that was like episode three for me. But he and I had a pretty challenging conversation around the whole Me Too movement, and particularly Ryan Adams, mm-hmm. um, who obviously allegations, and they still haven't come to 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 anything yet. Um, but you know, we had that dialogue that said, and I can't remember where I read it, but somebody saying, you know, once you've written something, whether it's a song, whether it's a film, whether it's doesn't a piece of art you hand it over yes uh, which I think is exactly your Asimov story that says you know then it becomes what the listener wants it to be or yes. or has decided it's going to be and I think that's that's the magic and I I, I mean as somebody who's sadly never written anything I, I, I would have thought somebody presenting a song back to you or talking about a song that you've written and giving an interpretation that never occurred to you must be fantastic Oh, I would think so. I, I <laughs> As opposed totally to, oh, you got so. the puzzle, did you? You know. <laughs> yeah. 
so a couple of Springsteen quick hits because this is yep. set listening, Bruce. Um, have you rewatched Blinded by the Light, and did you like it more the second time? No and no, and I have no intention of doing so. Okay. It, 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 <laughs> for some reason, I'll tell you, I know. Here's, I know. I, and yeah. I, I, that is an unfair response, Jesse. That is an unfair no, response. No, no, I'll tell you. In in a couple of years, I probably will take another look at it and just um, decide, you know, was, had I had a bad day or something. But, I, you know, I'm a completist on my collection and uh, vinyl and all of that. And one of the places I buy vinyl, there was a special edition of Blinded by the Light, and I didn't order it. So again, I looked at it and I thought, no. Um, so yeah, I just, as you know, I had a I had a pretty adverse reaction to that. But to do it in, to do the honourable thing, I should rewatch it again in a few years. But I think I need a bit of space first. Now, but you were not disappointed in Western Stars, if I remember correctly. Absolutely blown away. Um, and you know my my view is i really like the album so i, I you know if i was doing reviews i'd have, you know four stars or i'd have put great i yeah. think the film version takes it up another level um i think the actual performances have taken some of the she just enough of the sheen off that you've still got the glenn yeah. campbell gloss but there's the voice is a bit grittier there's nothing, you know, I just think he does magic stuff live. So I think that, but I think the film itself, I've actually given or loaned um, the DVD, excuse me, to, to a few friends who are not necessarily music fans and certainly not Springsteen fans. I've lent it them more around the little vignettes mm -hmm. that, um, you know, at one point with one particular friend, you know, he that I know really resonated with her. He talks about how we can all fall back into the into bad behavior, even though it's painful, because it's familiar and it's comfortable. You know, Absolutely. Uh, so I, I think, you know, the the negative will say, oh, cod philosophy. I think there's real life lessons in that film. So I, 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 I think it's the best thing he's done on film. I think the songs just get better and better. I agree. Um, so yeah, I think it's a real, real high point. Um, have you been? Have you, by hook or crook, been able to hear his um, DJ sessions from his house to ours? Right, I think is what they're calling from yep. his house to yours. Have you been able to hear those? Uh, I haven't, and I'll tell you why. Which is, and I actually haven't tried that hard, only because uh, I guess this is. I'd like to think this is self awareness. I know that if I start down that road, I'll have to find an answer. Mm -hmm. And if I can't find an answer, I'll get annoyed. Okay. And my worry is I'll end up signing up for some serious FM subscription and having a PC that's pretending to be in the US and blah, blah, yes. blah. So I'm, I'm just hoping at some point they get posted somewhere. <laughs> but I've I've read all the transcripts. I've seen the set lists. Um, and I think it's... I think it's really interesting that he's taken that approach because I guess there was a side of me that as soon as the, you know, artists started streaming from home, there was a side that went, oh, well, Bruce will do that. And I think it could have been quite obvious and cliched. And the fact that yeah. he's gone down the radio show route, uh, again, I just think shows how much he thinks about what he's trying to do. 
So, so what I found, the, we were we were going on a trip, and um, I asked Linda because you know we don't listen to a lot of Bruce in the car when we're driving because Linda gets enough Bruce all the time. Um, and I said, do you mind if we listen to E Street Radio? Um, I think there might be replaying him being DJ. And she goes, sure. And um, and about halfway through it, she goes, I just wish he wouldn't play the songs and he would just talk because when he talks, I really find that interesting, but I'm not, don't particularly like some of the songs he's picking, um, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, and then by the end, she's like, okay, now I am liking some of the songs. Um, it's a very different way to kind of share uh, while things are going on. Absolutely. And I just, I, I say, I think it's indicative of how much he thinks. Here's one um, offer for you. Well, question. First of all, people people sometimes generously compare music talks to this, but um, there is a BBC program that's been going for I think about fifty years called Desert Island Discs. Yes. Have you have you heard the Bruce version of that? I have. Okay. Uh, I liked it a lot. In fact, after hearing that, I went and. Um, I will admit, cherry picked. Oh, I know that person. Let me like Tom Hanks and other people. I listened to other people I knew. Yeah. I recognized the name and listened to that versions. Um, if I had time, I would think even if I didn't know the person, it would be a fascinating discussion. Yeah, it's uh, it's always been a great program. But the the interesting thing for me and linking back to music talks, you were saying about stuff that had come up. Uh, one of the things was this uh, discussion with people about. And there's, I've now discovered real scientific research that the music and the stuff I read was the music you listen to between 14 and 22 does literally have a bigger impact on you than later in life. So in terms of what happens to your brain and the physiological reaction. Um, here was the interesting thing for me. If you listen to Desert Island Discs, all of Bruce's choices were between the age of 14 and 22. <laughs> wow, fascinating. It's Very like, interesting. Yeah, there's, there's the stuff that's really stamped on my brain as, you know, yeah. I will never forget it. Uh, so um, any plans for the second year that you want to share? Just yeah, keep doing what you're um, doing? And again, it, go, it goes back to a question of, of running out of uh, guests and then suddenly all of these ideas come up. So, um, I, I, and again, one of the things I love is that something will happen and that will spin something else off. And so um, I mentioned to you earlier, this guy, Tim Lullifs, who, mm -hmm. uh, you know, bass player in the band that are my play out music. Um and I just he pinged me some so we you know we were just doing messenger dialogue and we don't it's not we're not in regular contact um and then uh, I said to him I'd love to have you on the show Tim and he came back and he said I'd be absolutely delighted he said but you should probably have Will his son on and I suddenly thought oh how about doing father and son but not together you know have one episode as the father and then two weeks later have the son so that got me then thinking that there's, um, I did an episode with a lady called, um, a recent episode, a lady called Kim Verant, who's a singer in Seattle. And her husband, Chris Friel, is a drummer. Um, so it was like, well, I've had Kim on, might be interesting to have Chris. And oh, then, yeah, that's a great. And then I mentioned Larry before, and the irony is I met Larry through his wife, Susan. 
Um, but also they have a son, Jared, who it's his band, who is my intro music. So I'm definitely uh, Mike Blanchard, I mentioned before, his wife. Um, Mike keeps saying, when is Laura going to come on? And it's like, that's not going to happen. Um, so I'm thinking about um, doing a sort of family, you know, some connection. It might be father, son, it might be husband and wife, but trying to build up. Um, that's one of the things I think for year two. Oh, that'll be awesome. Um, good. That sounds really good. Um, so I, we, what people don't know is you and I have already talked almost two hours because you were kind enough to have me back on Music Talks, or I guess my first appearance on Music Talk. Yep. So um, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but um, any final thoughts you want to share uh, to my listeners? Uh, well, one keep listening because it's not just one of the best Springsteen podcasts. I mean, what? how many episodes are you up to now, Joe? About 360. Jeez. Jeez. Well, that that says everything. In, in, Here's in, me. In, I, I feel yeah. uh, celebrating my 25, you know. Um, well, um, and I am looking at um, September will be my fifth my five-year anniversary. I have been doing this for five years in September, and I am. I will probably be reaching out to you in July, August to say, and I'm not just you, but like Rob and JB and a lot of people, like, okay, what what can we do to celebrate five years? You know, can you give me a snippet? Can we do something? Because I want to celebrate that. So, um, well, anyway. here's here's a suggestion. Um, which yes. you are welcome to. Uh, I think the polite word is leverage. I always used to spell it steel. Um, so, and I know this won't go out until the 25th of June, but what I'm actually planning to do is that I'm planning to do a Zoom quiz, and I'm going to do that on the 26th, which is the Friday in the UK. And I'm going to do it at 5.30 on a Friday night because historically that's when people finish work and went for a beer. And nice. then I'm planning to do an episode on the Saturday, um, which will be noontime Pacific. And my format is going to be, it will be, all the questions will be related to artists and music that has come up in the last 12 months of Music Talks. Oh, oh, that would be fun. That sounds a lot of fun. So I will, uh, that'll be on the Facebook page. I'll send you details. I know it'll be short notice for people, but if anybody... Okay. If anybody fancies joining, that could be um, that could be fun. Good. Uh, well, while you're here, go ahead and share. How can people find Music Talks, and how can they reach to you if they want to join your queue for guests? <laughs> um, and I lo look at that—the use of the word queue. That's 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 great cultural sensitivity, Jesse. Thank, thank, thank you. you. Um, we need more of that in our times, but let's let's not go back. Let's let's stay where we are. Um, in terms of getting in touch with me, then uh, you can get me on Twitter at Music Talks Pod. My email is Music Talks Pod at Outlook .com. And in terms of the podcast itself, then um, search on any of uh, the major apps. Um, the only reason my hesitation is you probably it's probably best to search on music talks terry smith because sadly there is now more than one music talks um but yep that's how to get hold but uh, any problems with that drop me an email or send me a tweet there's also by the way a facebook page again search on music talks pod 
Um, and what I do is in between the episodes, I not every day, but most days I post additional content. So videos of song selections and other stuff. And that gets quite a lot of positive feedback. Very nice. Uh, so when do you think we're going to get live music again? <sighs> uh, I honestly don't know. Uh, I think... Um, I think there's two interesting questions. When are we going to get it and when are people going to feel comfortable going to it? Um, and you know how much I love my live music. I know you do. I mean, historically, I've gone to a couple of gigs a week. Um, and if I'm honest, Jesse, you know, the, the idea of um, being in, you know, there's there's a brilliant, brilliant small club in glasgow it's where oasis were discovered with the fantastic name of king tut's wawa hut um but you know it's a a great name yeah and it's everybody has played there i mean go and go and have a look online the 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 bands that have played there is just unbelievable and it's just one of those rooms but you know it's 200 people and it can only ever have been described as intimate and i'm frankly at the moment thinking i think it's going to be quite a while before i'm going to be feeling comfortable to go back into that environment so i think it's a real it's a real challenge i think on the plus side is the opportunity for bands to build more of an online presence and interact i think a lot of people have had their eyes open to that um so maybe you know maybe there will be some goodness but i think it's uh well i guess we have to do the springsteen line don't we you know it's a long walk home it is it is and uh, we will we will hope for the best and do things i am glad to hear that you and yours are doing well and staying safe Likewise. Um, congratulations on getting uh, making the first year uh, i hope you continue to have fun doing this and you continue to keep having um sharing have people share their musical journeys um it is a joy and i love listening to it and i am honored that i am a small part of it and i'm even more honored that um you consider me a friend because i certainly know i consider you one like uh, absolutely jesse it's uh, it's a very very special bond i think that's been broken up thank you for being my anniversary edition uh it is that is right it has been a wonderful way to spend the saturday um (laughs) listeners please go check out music talk if you haven't um you can start with any episode um they're all very unique they're all beautiful and there is so much love and joy shared in that and please reach out to terry if you want to join him um like i said i i know it it not only is it fun, but I think it, it's fulfilling. I think it, it makes you look at yourself and look at music and how it's affected you. And so, and I think a lot of ways it can be very healing and cathartic by having to do this damn list and be like, are you sure I can only yes. pick one? Are you sure I can't? Uh, so uh, well done, sir. And thank you, Jesse. And just one final thing, if I may, which is, and you've just touched on it, um, you know, if you look at a lot of the episodes in the last 25 years, it's it's many of them are people I know and I've known for a long time. Some couple of people I haven't known for that long. But there are also a number of people in there that I had never met who got in touch. And I have to say, doing the first one of those was like, oh, this is interesting. Um, but they were some of the most fulfilling. So please, if you're out there, the format appeals to you, as Jesse says, get in touch because... Uh, 
it's nice to do my chums, but meeting new people and discovering new music is great. Absolutely. So for now, stay safe, listeners. Thank you, as always, Terry, for being my musical brother. Everyone, we will talk to you soon, and take care. Thank you, Jesse. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Fed Listening Bruce. Set Listening Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.